Welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast, a podcast designed for brand new sales development reps in the world of software as a service. Every Tuesday, we're going to be bringing you a new guest who's still in the role to share how or why they've gone into sales development, what have they learned in their SDR career and journey to date, and what three pieces of information would they like to share back to new and existing reps to help them become happy sellers. Every show is transcribed, recorded with links from the guests, which are available at happyselling.io forward slash podcast. I'm going to be your host, Neil Buyan, and I look forward to taking you into the world of sales development through the SDR Disco Call podcast. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hello, you listeners and watchers. Welcome to another episode. And today we've got uh, a guest who's actually not too far away from my local town uh, and somebody I connected with on LinkedIn who reached out to say they're really enjoying the show. It's helping them out with uh, the beginning of their SDR career. And then one thing led to another. And here we are. So today I'd like to introduce Gabby Orlich. How are you doing today, Gabby? Very well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And we're excited to have you on board. So thank you so much for joining and taking some time out on your Friday afternoon. So we're in May 2021. Uh, but Gabby, for the listeners and watchers that don't know you, like, who are you? Like, what do you do? And where are you based in the world? Yep. So um, my name is Gabby. Um, I'm currently an SDR at Fresh Relevance. Uh, I'm based in Surrey, which is like southwest London. Um, yeah, big up. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I started at Fresh Relevance back in October, November time. Um, and now eight months on and God knows where the time has gone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for the introduction there. Um, and so obviously, like you said, you're, you're new to the SCR position. You're at Fresh Relevance. You've been here for about eight, seven to eight months or so. Um, like what, what does Fresh Relevance do at a super high level, Gabby? Yeah, so my job um, is to speak with e-commerce and digital marketers um, about essentially how they can use all of their really rich data that they have on their customers to deliver a more personalized experience for their shoppers online. Um, that kind of wraps up really. So we're talking, you know, brands from Joe Malone to Wiggle, whatever, whatever it is. Um, if they have an e-commerce platform, we can help mm. them. Wicked. So if they have an e-commerce platform or website service, like you're the person that can help them out with the data for their customers, is that right? Wicked. Yeah. And um, on average, like what are the, who are the type of personas or, you know, like job titles that you speak to directly, Gabby? Yeah. So we're talking with, um, so e-commerce marketers, so heads of e-commerce, um, heads of digital um, or on the CRM side. So um, heads of CRM, CRM managers, um, basically those people who look after those those two channels that um, we would receive um, either emails from brands or shop online with those brands. Wicked. Thank you very much. So we've got a good insight into your world and, you know, the people that you're currently working with and talking to as an SDR. Um, and outside of sales and SDRs, like what kind of things that float your boats? What kind of hobbies or things are, are you into, Gabby? Yeah, so um, 
that would consist of so hockey I play a lot of hockey um, I like to play and watch sports so um, hockey is number one that takes up most of my time and then the other sport I like to play is um, going out with my friends and having an espresso martini or two <laughs> <laughs> I love it so a bit of sports and a bit of play uh, with uh, yeah with exactly again, right and uh, exactly. we've also got and we've also got your birthday coming up on Monday, and you've got a big reunion and friends partying going on this weekend as well, right? We do, yes, yeah. God, it's a lot to organise. <laughs> Too many people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> It'll it's be good. good. No, like, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, and I think because like to give context for the listeners and watchers, because we've got people around the world, so obviously we're both based in the UK. Things are starting to reopen up again for us and we're able to you know finally meet up with friends and I think that's a really beautiful thing and all the better if it's your birthday weekend right yeah exactly I think me and my um 17 gal friends have not been in the same room for or the same space for more than a year so mm. uh you know no matter what weather be it windy raining or sunny <laughs> we're gonna be sitting outside and our alfresco dining so so yeah I'm looking forward to love it absolutely love it well thank you for the introduction gabby so like um for for us for myself like doing my sdr homework having a look at your linkedin i see that you have a background with sports um at university where you had an opportunity to travel as well um you've worked within like uh, hospitality as well you've done sports data researching you've been a campaign assistant you've been a marketing coordinator you've been a digital content editor editor sorry uh, and then obviously you've been an SDR at Fresh Relevance for the last couple of months like could you walk us through from the beginning of like what was going on at Union like how did you get to where you are today Gabby? Yeah it's not such a, not such a straight line is it? Um, so yeah went to Bournemouth to study uh, sports management the reason I chose that course is because um, I loved sport and I wanted to study it um, uh, school and exams didn't really match up very well with me. Revision wasn't my best friend. So, you know, going to uni to do something that I actually was really interested in mm. uh, made such a difference. Um, it was actually something I really enjoyed. So I tried to fill my uni experience with everything and anything that I could. So when I wasn't, um, you know, studying um I was um playing hockey at uni that took up a large chunk of my time um and then in my third year uh, my second year I had the opportunity to study abroad in the states um which I really didn't want to do uh it was actually my parents who told me that I had to go and do it um and if, if you don't mind me asking like um yeah. so like obviously the things that I've heard there is like with the revision side of stuff, that wasn't really like your bag. Mm -hmm. And then like, um, obviously you're doing sports, to, like fill up your time, something that you are passionate mm -hmm. about. And then there's this opportunity of like you being able to travel with this. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah. something you wanted to do, but your parents, you know, kind of got used to thinking like, what, what was it about it that like was, you know, like I don't want to do it. Yeah, I think I was just so happy with where I was. I loved uni. I had a great bunch of friends um, outside of hockey and inside of hockey um great course mates and I just thought why am I why would I change this why why would I do something different and leave all of my friends behind for what was only going to be four months so it's quite, quite dramatic <laughs> <laughs> um perform to to go and do something where I knew no one and knew nothing and it was so alien mm. um and don't get me wrong the first couple of weeks were really tough but 
at the end of the four months. It was just incredible. And, and having the opportunity to go to a uni in the States, especially from a sporting perspective, um, it's just an entirely different beast. The scale mm. of sport out there is crazy. Like, you know, we would go in, at Bournemouth, we would watch hockey on the side of a pitch in the middle of a random place in Bournemouth. And mm. if you go and watch the basketball team in the States, you're going to like a thou- thousands of person capacity sort of stadium. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's just your standard Wednesday evening game. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was, it was mental and it was mega. And um, those four months were, were epic. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so that was great. And then kind of rolled back, um, rolled back home, um, had my placement year, which was kind of that first step as to where you have to think about what you want to do um, in terms of a career. Um, and I was stuck on the sports path, got this job as a sports data researcher, um, which was something I didn't know much about, but thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm following my path here. So, mm. so it's, it's happening. Um, <laughs> and it was a super insightful role, but it was very low key um, and quite mellow for the kind of person that I, that I was. I needed a bit more um, kind of momentum and pace around it. Yeah. So the second half of my year, I actually changed roles and I went and worked for a student brand marketing agency called Seed Marketing. Um, it was based in Soho. So the kind of momentum pace was already the vibe. T- location. Yeah. yeah, and the vibe. Um, and that role was essentially managing groups of um, brand ambassadors across at different unis across the UK. So I was constantly in communication with people, constantly talking to people. Um, and it was just a really great agency and a great culture. And I think that's from that job, what I learned from that, apart from being able to gauge a really good understanding of what being in that marketing landscape is. Um, I also learned that culture is something that is like comes really, really high at the priority list, um, off the back of that year. Um, so, so yeah, then I left uni um and that whole daunting what do I do now marketing is what I knew um yeah. and I felt like the business um the business aspect of my course you know sports management um yeah. marketing is not drilled into you but I feel like a large majority of people leave business-based courses and think okay I'm personable I can speak to people I've got a bit mm-hmm. of creativity in me and I'm organized marketing is for me um and why do you think that is like um so like you said like you've you've got these sort of skills and like you said you're at university you're thinking right where do I want to go career wise what is going to be a good fit for me why do you think that is like the initial thought process that it leads you to marketing versus something else what what is it about that um i think it's just what's put what's put in front of you um it's what is put in front of you and that's just what I went with. And I was thinking, okay, if I'm trying to pair up sport and marketing, there's actually something called sports marketing. Tick, done. I'll just yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, you, I didn't really put much thought into it because it was there. Um, and that's really probably why sales was never even on my radar because that wasn't mm. something that was ever put in front of me, um, which teaches me to work a little bit harder for the things that 
I really want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just never put on my radar. So I left uni um, and was determined to get my job in sport. Yeah. Doing something sporty. So I ended up um, working at a great company called Human Race, which is a sports events organization. Um, and they deliver mass participation sports events. So like 5Ks, 10K runs, marathons, half marathons across the UK. Um, and I was working in their marketing team. Nice. Um, very conveniently, it was three miles down the road from my house. So <laughs> I like about it. rolling out of bed at 8.45 and being in the office at 9 a.m. Um, nice. So, yeah, that was the ultimate commute. Um, and I really, really loved that job. I loved the fact that I was half of it was on the ground at events, you know, engaging with people at, the, at these amazing events that brought people so much happiness. Mm. Um, and and then I was doing the marketing stuff in the office, which is which is equally as great. And it was what I knew. And it, it came very easy. Um, and then it got to February time. And I thought, right. I'm going to go to Australia. Ooh. <laughs> February, oh, this is now February of last year. Um, yeah. And I thought, right, I'm going to go to Australia and live my Australian dream for two years, if not longer. Well, with the ultimate goal of um, wanting to be there in the long term. Yeah. Um, so, um, let- um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Like, with, so, like, um, so you, you've done this role uh, working within this events company within sporting. It's kind of like a match made in heaven. And mm-hmm. I heard this really cool thing where you're saying that you loved being at events, meeting with people face-to-face, feeling the hype, and you're somebody that needs that energy around you with, like, your sporting personality. And then you think to yourself, right, I'm going to take this to another level. I'm going to go out to Australia where I have this idea of a two-year plan. What was it about Australia? Like, why did you choose Australia? And what, what did you want to get done in those two years? Um, so I think when I look at, when I was looking at Australia, I, um, obviously the weather is a tick. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I love the sun. <laughs> um, but also their style of lifestyle. I feel everyone is so, I think the weather has a lot to play into it. Um, you know, it, there's this vibe about that place that is just so like uplifting and warm in all mm. of the word. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's just this pace around it. And, and it ticked the boxes for me with regards to, they they, ha- they are sported, very focused in their sport. And I could be doing all of that um, over there. Um, and, and I also had friends out there who I met on my study abroad in the States. Uh, um, okay. So that was that link. There was that link there too. Um, I just, I, yeah, I just, it was like a really aspirational place for me to get to and, and live some of my life there. Um, so, yeah. So, so fe- yeah. So, so February, you're thinking about, so Oz, you're going out to there. So what, what happened like when you got to Oz? So, so I actually went to New Zealand first. I was going to New Zealand first for about a month. Um, so I flew to the most opposite p- place, <laughs> the furthest place away from where we are right now, which is... Yeah. Auckland in New Zealand um, and had three amazing weeks there um, and about two two and a half weeks in we were all thinking oh there's something crazy going on mm. <laughs> in in England this coronavirus and then literally within 10 days we had made it we had which was the end of the three weeks we had made it down to the like southern point of New Zealand and we just had to cut the whole trip um oh. there was this real like fight or flight moment where it's like do I go home and just you know sack this whole thing off and go again yeah. when the world opens up or do I just go to Australia 
and just do it. Um, and it was a hard decision to make because you're like, oh God, mm. this is so tricky. And there was so much uncertainty, wasn't there? Yeah. Everything. Um, so yeah, made the decision, which I'm very grateful for now. Um, and it was the right decision to to come back to the UK. Um, I mean, I laugh about it now. <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. Yeah, yeah. We have this, me and my friends have this ongoing joke because... I made a big deal about me leaving. I was like, we're going to have a party. So we threw this massive party for like 50 people. Wow. <laughs> me too. Because um, I was literally like, oh, I'm, I'm going. Bye, guys. See, see, yeah. Don't know when I'll see you all next, but see you later. And then three weeks later, I was literally back home. Oh, dude. <laughs> it was just a good excuse to have a, a good excuse for a party. Yeah. Um, and I I think I think you raised a really good point, which not only with the pandemic and everything that was going on, like um, and relates to careers, and it's something I was speaking to about with somebody yesterday. And like you said, you had to make a really hard decision whether mm. you know what do you stay or do you go back to the UK after you had this massive party of leaving and everything, and then you're coming back. Yeah, and I think sometimes we have to make choices, which obviously put us in the best position as to where we want to get to, but sometimes we have to take decisions which are the best decisions we can at that moment in time. Yeah. You know, like sometimes yeah, we have to do point. things we don't want to do, but it's the best thing that is for us right there and then. And to your point, it paid off, you know, like you did come back safely and here we are today. So, yeah, I think uh, for a lot of us, we have to either make choice. Uh, I like to put it in two buckets. So decisions are things that we do based on circumstances and choices are things that we make for the betterment of where we want to get to. Uh, yeah. But sometimes, yeah, we have we have to make hard decisions. But yeah, so so you come back to to the UK, uh, like after the leaving party, and you say, "Oh, you're back! Okay, I get it." So what happened yeah. then? So I came back, um, and then had that kind of summer of trying to work out what my next move was going to be. Um, dealing with everyone was adapting to the uncertainty at the time, um, as was I, and I kind of got to to the back end of the summer and well throughout the summer I was like laser focused blinkers were on for getting myself back in the position that I had um, before so some kind of sports-based marketing role um, and um, you know sport what so sport had halted was non-existent yeah. um, and I mean sports is hard to get into at the best of times throwing a pandemic and no one a hiring freeze and no sports events I was a bit naive really to think that um that was gonna was gonna come off so so as time passed um the blinkers came off and I started to widen the net and and I had always seen you know sales roles had pop, would pop up on my LinkedIn profile and I would just li literally discard them because I'm just you know I don't, don't want to do that it's marketing for, marketing for me and um and what, what was what was your like um I know this is something we spoke about uh, a few weeks back but somebody that was working in marketing and like a lot of SDRs work with marketing, you know, either yeah. with campaigns, et cetera. What was your connotation of what sales was and what was it that made you dismiss the idea of, you know, maybe taking a sales role? Yeah. So I, I always had this really negative perception of sales and what it was what it was like to be in a sales role, um, that real call center-esque um, vibe. Um, mm. And I think that, that, that's partially because, as I mentioned earlier, the a sales role had never been presented to me um, throughout uni or um, or my degree. 
Um, so I just had this overarching perception and mm. always discarded it. But it's ironic because my friends and family had always said, like, you'd be great at sales. Like, you'd be so good. You're so personable. Uh, mm. Love speaking to people. I'm always the friend who has to call, like, the restaurant because, you know, sometimes people don't like speaking to people on the phone. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I'll just ring them. It's fine. Yep. Um, so... So yeah, it's 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 funny really now how it's almost all turned on its head. But that was why I just discarded it. Um, and I think almost throughout that summer, when you go into survival mode in a bit, in a way, I widen the net um, and and acknowledge these roles that were coming up on my LinkedIn profile. And at the time, that's when one of the Venetrix girls, um, shout out to Sophie Butterworth, um, she did her job very well. Um, uh-huh. I just thought, you know, what? I've got nothing to lose at this point. Why not just have a conversation? Um, and I actually explained, you know, I was still in this marketing mindset. I was like, this is my interest. But yeah. my family have always told me that I should be good at sales. And, you know, kudos to, to Sophie. She literally matched me perfectly uh, with, with with my role that I have now, which is the, exactly what I guess I was looking for. Um yeah works really perfectly for me um and then yeah in, in classic Venetrix style whirlwind five days um and I'm always off at the job the next week so um so yeah yeah that's wow. kind of how I got how I ended up here <laughs> I love it so if I get it right so <clears throat> as you say come back from Oz kind of thinking to yourself right I need to to widen the net you're checking out stuff on LinkedIn you're trying to get back into sports and with marketing but obviously with the pandemic that kind of shut stuff down in 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 those sort of channels and ways that you could go for it and your friends and family saying like yeah do you know what Gabby like you'd be wicked at sales I think you should do it you're that person that you know like you say you love getting on the phone you like talking to people you love being direct it's that energy I can sense that from you yeah you thought, ah, all right, and then Venetrix comes out, you know, being like the the knights in sh- the knightess. I don't know, the, yeah, the knights in shining armor. Well, <laughs> come like saying, hey, <clears throat> here's something that you could get into. But like you said, you had that marketing mindset, but you thought, we'll give it a go. <clears throat> and then it all paid off, and you know, here you are today. I'm I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. And um, so, like, what has it been like as an SDR, like the last few months? Like, what have you? What's like the things that stand out to you? What have you enjoyed learning? What things have you found a bit odd, you know, coming yeah. from that marketing mindset now, like being part of the sales crew? Yeah, so I think um, after I, after doing marketing, I knew that I I could have done, had more of a challenge. Um, and that is the first thing that I realised when I started this role. I was like, this is an, an alien world for me. I knew nothing of the SDR or SaaS tech world before I started um and kind of it was it was it was a challenge like you you, you're presented with this incredible piece of tech that you have to learn inside out um and then you also have to learn the skill of selling um which you know parts of them come very naturally to to people but there's parts of it that actually have to be coached and have to be learned and and practice makes perfect right so you have to you have to practice those things and you get better with time um and i think it's hard when you know that you you know the kind of person that you are and you know the potential that you can have but those first six months where 
you're just soaking up all of this information and trying to put it into practice. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That frustration that sometimes can get the better of you and learning how to manage that. Um, it's just, it, it was the challenge I needed. Um, and it still is a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge. And you could probably say the same. You're, you're still being challenged now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's exactly what I wanted. And that's what this role offers. It's something so new that no one would know. I know I knew nothing about it. Um, and I just think that's so cool. So often you don't, I think you, you never really get to that. You never get the opportunity to learn something from a blank sheet of paper that you really knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's. I love it. I love it. And that, that is, it is like, there's so many key points in there. So like you're saying, you're like a, it's, it's a, it's a blank slate. You're learning something new. You're learning about the world of tech. There's elements of sales, things like you said, that may come naturally to you, stuff that may not. Um, you're having to practice stuff and yeah, you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to get coached into a new play, a new sport. You could perhaps say, you know, yeah. Um, and I can totally relate to that whole thing of having a challenge. It may not be completely easy, but it's something that gets you out of your comfort zone because that's ideally when you're going to start growing, right? Um, and as as I said before, we got onto this uh, show today. I've taken on a new challenge as like an SDR manager, and it's something I haven't done for about twelve months. I normally just do sales training or you know sales coaching, but I'm now having to put this manager hat on. And no word of a lie, Gabby, like Monday I started and I was cacking my pants because I was like, can I do this? And this is a new team, like the world of SDRs have changed in the last 12 months because of the pandemic and remote selling. Uh, My team are based out in Dam. I'm here in London and there's just a remote element. I'm like, is this going to work? I don't don't know. Um, But I think like the the realisation I had this morning was like, do you know what? It's something new. It's a new challenge. It is a brand new slate. Here's a chance for me to learn. And I want to be that idiot in the room. And I want to learn from, you know, my new SDRs I'm going to be working with. But I'd love to speak to somebody and ask you, like somebody who's been on a journey relatively for the last six months, like uh, in terms of coaching, like if I was your manager, what's useful for somebody like you when it comes to coaching and learning new things? Like how do you best learn and how do you like take feedback and how can a manager really support you? Because I guess we've got a lot of managers that might be listening to this as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you have a manager who you know has been through exactly, has followed the path that, has has experienced the path that you're currently on, you have, you already feel like you have that kind of mutual and underlying connect and res- connection and respect because they know exactly how you are. So it's yeah. just working through like as a manager, put that manager putting themselves in your shoes at that time, even if they have to think back, you know, six, 12 months, three years, 10 years, mm. put them putting themselves in your shoes, coming down to your level and really talking it through, breaking it down into those like manageable chunks. Um, even though something might feel quite overwhelming, ch- like chunking it into those manageable, ch- manageable chunks, timelining yeah. it and, and, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for feeling those small wins and really taking from those small wins it's not all about the end goal and I think that's something that I've really learned um particularly over the past like three months where you know you kind of momentum has built and and you kind of I feel like I'm 
getting into my stride a little bit is just celebrating those small wins and and not being so concerned with the result because actually you'll get more from when you experience those small wins and you see them working then the result is always going to be the same at the end of the day the result is always the meeting but but what you do between before that is what will make more of a difference to you in yourself Mm -hmm. yeah that's what that's probably what i would say that's yeah, that, that, that is super useful. So it's like having that level of empathy with your SDR to know that they're going to go through a tough time. They're going to have challenging stuff. They're going to, you know, be learning stuff out for you. And if I've done that 10 years ago, I've got to remember, like, how did it feel to be yeah. a person? Um, and I've seen it as well with a lot of managers that dictate rather than lead and coach. They just say, this is what you should be doing. You should be doing more calls. You should be doing more emails. And I know that that's not how it works, but like you said, coming down to their level and then, you know, being in the trenches with them, like Mm -hmm. trying stuff out and all of that. And yeah, like letting go of the outcome is something I think is really key for SDRs because again, a lot of us, we've got this stress of targets on our head. We got to hit these KPIs and it will happen, but it's that in between of, you know, the experiences of trying out a call, trying out a technique, failing getting coaching as to where could I improve? I think, yeah, that that's really important for SDRs as well. Um, and in terms of like cadences with your manager, again, I'm st- I'm, I'm relearning all of this and I, I, I want to help out SDRs. So I'm here to learn from you today. But like in an ideal scenario, like I don't ever want to be that micromanager, you know, checking in on you every day. Like have you hit your numbers or what you're up to and stuff like that. What's an ideal like cadence with your manager? Like when you check in with them, and when you do check in with them, like what's useful and helpful like when you've got that time with your manager on a one-to-one? Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's checking into, first of all, the things you have to check in about. So how, how's, how's your cadences going? How's, how's the number? Mm. But primarily more like how are you managing it? And what are you doing to overcome those barriers um, are you taking a step back when you need to take a step back? And if you know that, if your manager knows you need to take a step back, encourage it. Just say, do you know what? Take the step back. And I, that's definitely something that I have learned um, and appreciate a lot from my manager um, to just acknowledge that sometimes you need to take that step back and you need to ride the lows and and actually the energy you get off riding those lows will fuel those highs um mm. and just kind of practicing how to ride those with your manager but also the rest of your team you know you sh- we all share the same common challenges um on a day-to-day basis or an hour-to-hour basis um just sharing them really um is is what most of my one-on-ones um about definitely and I, I i agree like with the one-on-ones when when i like to do them with SDRs because i kind of just still do like coaching with SDRs. it's always about like okay so you know the table stake things like what you're up to where are you for your target and yeah. i think i'm always interested to know like what are you currently working on are there any cool campaigns are you doing anything you know outside of the box what cool ideas are you coming up with and then rather than saying, no, that's not going to work or, yeah, do you know what, that's going to work? I said, I'm really intrigued to know like how it's going to pan out. Like, how do you plan to get there? What's the game plan? Um, what's kind of like backup if that doesn't go to plan? And I think the penultimate question is asking, like, what can I do between now and next week 
to help you out and get there. And if you don't need me, all cool. But if you do need me, just call on me. Um, and yeah, like you said, riding the waves, <laughs> the momentum, that's that's what's going to fuel you. And like doing it as a team, I think that's the thing that I've missed the most in the last 12 months because I just work one-to-one with people. But now working with like six or seven SDRs, I'm like, oh, okay, I've got a whole bag of like uh, great creative people. But I want to figure out what each one of those, what makes them tick and see what are they really happy doing and what things they're not really comfortable doing and helping them out with that. So no, thank you for the yeah. tip. And, the, and the I think... Tip. The, the other thing that um, that pops to mind is is that I I use those one on ones to to reflect. That is like a, a focused time for reflection um, mm-hmm. that I take in the week, twice a week, just to reflect on what what you're doing at the moment. Um, and once you step out of that one on one, trust the process and keep keep doing what you're doing, but don't over like keep that reflection to that to that chunk of time. So think that if you're if you're constantly reflecting every day on what you're doing, you're going to drive yourself insane, but you're also going to overthink it. So yeah. using that chunk of time just to that's your your little chunk of reflection, take away from it and press on. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be another. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, and I, I love the the bit that you said about like you know taking a step back. Um, sometimes we can get so deep into something. Uh, and my old VP of sales, like my mentor, used to say, like, no, you need to have the ability to zoom out, which is like, like you're, you're so, like he said, imagine like you've got a painting in front of you and there's this caricature which is put in front and you're just staring at that character. But they're a character and full of a sea of other characters and people and buildings and all of that. But you're missing that because you're so focused on this one thing. But by taking a step back to literally look at the bigger picture, you can also see, to your point, reflecting like how far you've come, how many things that you have achieved, you know. Um, and I think with a lot of SDRs, like I was speaking to one this week where um, she'd been with the business for quite some time and she said new hires are coming on board. They're doing lots more emails. They're doing much more calls than her. Um, they're trying to get results. They're trying out new stuff. And she's been there for a year, but she felt intimidated by that because she wasn't doing as many emails or as many calls. And then the knock-on effect of that is it knocked her morale and then her numbers start going down. Um, and she just said, like, yeah, I'm seeing everybody else. And I I took it, I said, take a step back. And I'm not going to mention her name just out of respect. But I said, take a step back for a minute. I said, you've been here for a year. And like, you've done a lot of cool things on LinkedIn. The reason, one of the reasons I joined this company is because I see how heavily you are engaged on LinkedIn and the cool content that you're posting out. But I don't see it from the other people. And I said to this uh, this SDI, I said, stop comparing yourself. Like the only person you want to compare yourself against is you. Like these new hires that come in and they're just soon doing something different. They may be really good at calls. One of them might be really good at emails. Somebody might be really good at LinkedIn. But what is it that you're really good at? And, you know, focus on that. Um, because, yeah, I think in the world that we live in, especially with LinkedIn, I do it all the time. I see other sales trainers. I see other like VP SDR managers. And I'm like, am I doing as good as them? And I'm like, they've got something, oh, I can't do that. And you get that imposter syndrome kick in and it can really knock your morale. And I think as SDRs, we have to be really careful with, I think stuff, like even myself, whatever we put on LinkedIn, that's only 10% of reality and what's actually going on in our lives. And people don't see like, you know, the iceberg analogy of, you know, you only see the tip of the iceberg, but it's all that stuff underneath um, so I'm interested to know, like, Gabby, like, what things have maybe been a bit challenging, like, getting into this SDR life, and, like, how have you overcome those challenges? 
Yeah, well, it's interesting that story you just said because that resonates so that resonates with me so much um, because over the past eight months, so when I joined Fresh in, in um, October, November, there were three SDRs. Um, we now, ha- there's now eight of us and we're hiring again. So we have more than doubled in size and are continuing to grow. And I suffered exact, I and still do those exact same challenges and you you think you know these are my amazing team members who are achieving mm. such great things in such a short amount of time that they've been there and mm. that was me three or four months ago but you do get so in your your mind about it um mm. but and those the that challenge that you have to overcome and and I do that just by trying to keep on the straight and narrow like on my path and like empowering my teammates and I feel so like proud when when they book something you're like yes like go on that's amazing Um, but also then like as I was saying earlier like taking pride in my own small wins and listening to what my colleagues are telling me about achievements that I've made and really believing them as opposed to just saying you know consuming them as as things that they would have to say to me by default because that's not what it is um but also telling myself that this is all a learning process. And as, as I continue through this role, I will learn to tell myself all of these things and consume all of these things by default. I don't have to question any of it because I know that what everything they're saying to me is 100% true and I believe it for myself. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of just practicing that like mental toughness that you have to have with yourself. But I think it's so, I think it's so powerful. The brain is a phenomenal muscle. It's so unbelievably powerful to more than we can even believe. Um, yeah. And it just works in very mysterious ways, doesn't it? Um, it does. It's it, it, test that. It is like, um, <clears throat> I'm reading a book at the moment, which is uh, labelled, is uh, it's around emotional intelligence and it's just kind of giving the whole concept of emotional intelligence plays a more valuable part versus just IQ, right? And it talks about like the brain as this entity which is so complex with millions of neurons and the way that we learn and the way that the brain is done and it's a muscle that grows. And I think like to relate to kind of like sports um, or perhaps like gym, something I'm a fan of, um, the the brain is the biggest and strongest muscle in my opinion because it's it's not the bite so like if you go to the gym and you're picking up weights and you want to get buffed out or bulked out whatever it is or you know slim down it's not so much the arm that's lifting the weights or doing the bench presses that's you know the strength it's your brain and a signal telling your arm which is connected to tissue and bones and muscle to then instruct you to pick up that weight it's the brain working it out and I think equally, like, with being an SDR, like, we may hate prospecting, we may hate doing certain things like cold calls or emails, but if we're consistent with it, we'll get stronger, and to your point, like, with the mental toughness and, like, you know, the day-to-day of rejection by prospect or not hitting your target and quota, it can be mentally draining, but it's all in the mind, you know? Like, and our fears are all in the mind, and nine times out of ten, things that we panic or get scared about probably aren't things that we should be scared or worried about. And I don't know, like, for example, first ever cold call. 
all right, are they going to pick up? Am I going to book this meeting? Is this going to happen? Are they going to rip me a new one? I don't know. And, 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 and then we have the call and we come and say, oh, do you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought. And it's to that point as we thought, and it's that brain. But like you said, mental toughness or resilience or, you know, like building out this brain to like be strong. How do yeah. you get that brain strong? How do you train your brain, Gabby? Oh, God. Um... No worries, dude. That's fine. So what I what I was going to love to do there was is, and we're going to just keep talking because I think we can just get into the flow of it. Think about yeah, like yeah. with hockey, right? Yeah. You know, somebody that likes to play hockey, you like to do sports. It's a tough sport. You might get your shins knocked the hell out of mm. and stuff like that, or you may lose a game. How do you make your sports brain tough to keep fighting? Yeah. And how could you maybe relate that to being yeah. an SDR? Okay. How's that sound? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, um, so I think the best way that I train my brain or perhaps my brain without even knowing it has been trained <laughs> through playing sport um, and team sport for, for most of my life. Um, and, you know, it sounds very cliche, but when you're down and but let's say we're playing against a team who's you're higher in the league to them, but you're down. And it's almost, you have to fight that resilience and mm. because you know that you can do it. You know that on paper you can do it and you just have to dig deep and, and press on and ignore everything else. Like almost put those blinkers on again mm. and fight for the end goal. Um, and I think that that has kind of been drilled into me, whether I like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that means that I can transfer it quite um, quite easily into this role. It's, it's interesting you mentioned earlier about um, that fear and that kind of um, nervousness around it. And I was having a conversation with my friend the other day um and she said she she had she feels the same she doesn't work in in sales um but in her role in her job she feels the same and and she said you know fear if you write it down is spells out f-e-a-r and that's false evidence appearing real um and I, had <laughs> I love never, that. and I had never I've never come across that before but she said to me you know whenever you're nervous scared fearful of anything an outcome just write down false evidence appearing real because that is what it is anything mm. fear isn't actually you know it's not tangible it hasn't happened it's not it's not real it's yeah. it's this false evidence that you're conjuring up in in your powerful brain yeah. that is appearing real but it's not um agreed agreed and i think something that i've learned through i do like daily meditation mm -hmm. and it's um thoughts are just thoughts that's all they are right the more we think upon something and the more it manifests within us, then it can definitely become a reality. But if, uh, I'm like I said this week, my fear was, am I going to be a good SDR manager? I'm going to be a good coach. Am I going to be able to be this team to be successful? Like To your point on paper, I know I can do this because I've been doing it for like 10, 11 years, right? But it's that initial thought and I just like, no, it's just a thought. You know, let's just see what happens. Like I can't change the past. I can't predict the future. But if I'm present now and I do the best in what I can do today then hopefully, you know, things should, should, should work out. But I love that mental resilience as well and, like, coming kind of, like, to sports and, like, there's this great motivational speaker called David Goggins. I'm not sure if you've heard of him or not. 
But um, he's like an ex-Navy Navy SEAL, and he's gone through some traumatic stuff in his life. And uh, he's big onto his sports, his nutrition and everything like that. But like he's, there was this video that I was watching the other day where he said, uh, so he's got a book called Can't Hurt Me, and it's all about like building a tough mental mind. So any listeners or watchers, if you want something to help build, get this strong, David Goggins can't, you can't hurt me. Um, but he said like when you're training and you know, you're doing your sit-ups and you're trying to do pull-ups or you're like, you're doing something really strenuous and it's hard. Normally when we just want to give up, it's because our brain is telling us that we don't want anymore and we don't like this discomfort at all. But he said, the reality is when you think that you're completely depleted in brain and in energy and in your muscles, you probably actually have 40% left and he calls it the 40% rule. So every time you think, right, I can't do this, it's not going to happen, you kind of tell and train your brain to say, no, actually, I've got 40% left in me. Um, I like to do high-intensity training like three times a week in a park, and I've got a PT who shreds us, uh, and I'm always swearing at him in my head, thinking, like, why the hell are you making us do like these burpees and all of that? And when I feel like I want to give up, I then tell myself mentally, I've still got 40% juice left in my system and let's just go fight for it and let's get it. And by the time we finished the training session, because at the beginning I was like, I don't know if I can do this, dude, my legs hurt, I'm really tired, I've had a long day at work. <laughs> and, uh, I have all those doubts and fears in my head and then I give my 40% rule when I'm in the session and when I come out of it, I said, yeah, do you know what, I feel like top of the world. I want to I do this more, I want to take on stuff. And then I go into work with happy selling and I'm like, right, SDRs. And they're like, why are you always happy? And I'm like, you don't know what I've gone through to get here to be yeah. happy, but I'm happy. This is my 40%. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like, to your point, uh, Gabby, it's it's all in the brain, but... It's been uh, it's been really good speaking to you today. And as we're coming towards the end of the show, what I'd like you to do is think, right, if you were to close your eyes right now and you were able to look back and you can see this Gabby like a couple of months ago and she's just about to embark on this journey. She's been like a marketeer working in sports and she's just about to get into sales. What three bits of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself of somebody who's about to you know start this journey? Uh, okay, so... The first bit would be to say yes to everything. Um, and I think that that sparks from that that moment that I was really trying to fight my parents to go to the States. Um, and I was saying no, and they, they said yes. And um, they said, yes, you're going. And I said, okay. Um, and that kind of, you know, it kind of came around again when, when I started to widen the net to look at SCR roles like I just I was just saying yes and actually when you look at what happens when you say yes good things come from it um so that would be the first piece of advice um secondly um which we've spoken about quite a bit but reflect but don't overthink um I think it's so easy to to get really reflection is great and it's very powerful but it's it's powerful in in good and bad ways and it can lead to a lot of um, overthinking. So, um, and off the back of that, just trust the process. Trust that process that reflect, don't overthink, and then trust the process that you're going to crack on with. Um, and then third, really, um, is take the opportunity to talk to anyone and everyone that you can. I think as SDRs, our roles are to talk to anyone and everyone who we can help, um, but it works in both ways. And I feel very empowered by the role that I do to go out and connect with people who either do my job or something that I'm interested to learn a bit more about, whether it's in sales or not. Um, mm. 
and you know, from that comes great conversation. So um, those would probably be my my three. Woohoo! They had three solid tips. I love it. And that's you got me motivated on a Friday, Gabby. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. And um, do you have any like special shout outs that you'd like to give on the show today? Um, I just think to my epic team, we're growing. We're so everyone is so powerful in my team, and um, Fresh Relevance is a force to be reckoned with. Um, and it's a great company to work for. So my direct team, but also the wide team, um, I'm so grateful that I get to work with such great people. Wicked. Well, fresh relevance. Keep it fresh. Keep it growing. Keep it going. You've got Gabby supporting my support in the background <laughs> yeah. as well. And I've had um, a few of your, uh, <clears throat> I think I've even had your manager um, and a new SDR that joined, um, like giving props like to the show and stuff. So uh, you guys are a cool bunch. You never know, maybe able to, meet up with a few more of your SDRs, if that's all cool. 100%. 100%. We're a really 10 out of 10 bunch, if I say so myself. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Gabby, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, We'd love to have you back on as a future guest or maybe with one of your new teammates as well. You never know. Or even your manager. That could be a cool one. Like we'd have manager and SDR dynamic duo. It's something we're working on at the moment. Um, But Gabby, yes, thank you so much for being a great guest. I wish you all the best success and a great party this weekend with your friends and happy birthday (laughs) for Monday. Uh, And most importantly, happy selling. Thank you. Loved it. Thanks so much, Neil. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.